Welcome to the Uncommon Room Podcast. We're a group of women going through the motions of our 20s, yet we are all at completely different stages of life with a lot of different backgrounds. We want to have uncommonly candid conversations about things that we may not hear our friends and family talking about. So grab a glass of your drink of choice and join our conversation. We're so glad that you're coming along this journey with us. Thanks for tuning in to our last episode of season one. Oh, it's been such a wild journey and honestly so much fun for me. I want to take a moment to say thank you to all of our listeners. It has been so exciting connecting with you on social media and just knowing that you're listening to these conversations that are so close to my heart makes me feel very loved and supported in this journey that I have embarked on. I've learned a whole lot, and I'm really excited to start season two with all of you. At the end of this episode, I'll even give you a sneak peek into our season two trailer, so get excited for that. Today, I'm on my own, and I just kind of wanted to take the three biggest topics that I've gotten questions on via social media and give short advice segments on each one. The episode is titled, Getting to the Heart of It, because, well... All of these things are straight from the heart. Hard, beautiful, deep things straight from my heart and my experience. So I'm an open book today. I mean, when am I not an open book, honestly? But (laughs) some of the advice that I give today um, are things that I've said in other episodes, but I'll share some of my personal experiences and opinions in this episode. I'm not an expert, but it always helps me to learn and grow when I hear other people's stories, so I hope that I can do the same for you. The three topics that we're going to be focusing on are marriage, personal growth, and friendship. Let's kick it off with marriage. Ah, marriage. It ain't easy, I'll tell you that. (laughs) The biggest uh, misconception that I had about marriage was that after the wedding day, Some of our problems would just melt away, we'd get along better, and life would at least be a little bit more pleasant. Okay, here's the thing. I love my husband more than anyone ever, and I really do love life with him so much. But our problems stayed the same. Our communication issues stayed the same. We found more things to argue about, and both of us still had our own individual issues whether that's anxiety, stress, depression, whatever it might be. I I think because of social media and honestly because of the lack of vulnerable conversation around the topic within the church, we're all kind of under this impression that once we get married, our lives will begin. Things will all work out. Um, and even, you know, because we can now freely have sex and not feel bad about it, which by the way, is also not a switch you can just flip. It takes work too. (laughs) We're told that there will just be such closeness and togetherness and intimacy in marriage. And there is definitely, but we're not taught how to overcome challenges together, how to live in the struggle. Even if you have had marriage counseling, you probably only had five to ten sessions with a couple, one of which was about conflict, and then it's over the week before your wedding. By the way, this is not me saying that you should not have marriage counseling. It is totally worth it and necessary. 
I'm just saying that there's a lot to unpack after your marriage begins, and I kind of want to just normalize that for us. Even if you have to go to marriage counseling after you get married, um, that's okay and normal and awesome. (laughs) I do believe the church and people in general are getting better at being transparent with this topic, but I find myself, just from my experience, being afraid quite often to discuss the downfalls of my relationship simply because I don't see those things on social media or in most of my friends' marriages just from, you know, face value. I just don't see it. It's hard to ask the tough questions, to call a friend when you're at a breaking point, and it makes me feel weak. That shouldn't be the case. I don't want you to think that I'm that girl right now who says, oh, marriage just sucks and it's hard and not fun, whatever. But ultimately, I want you who is listening, who's engaged, single, or married, to feel relief knowing that there's no perfect marriage. There's no couple who does not fight or deal with the pain of life's curveballs together. Marriage will not make you into a different person. (laughs) We're all called to live in unity with those around us. But sometimes unity is really uncomfortable. Unity involves pain and resilience and determination. To pursue unity as a goal with others alongside of you, people who can be real about how it feels and what they are experiencing, well, that's life. That's marriage. There's beauty to be found in there somewhere, I know. It's in the moments of the struggle, I guess, when you can call on someone to help, whether that's your spouse or your friend, that you find real genuine connection. And, I mean, that's what it's all about. I have a couple of other quick pieces of advice for those of you going through the first years of marriage. First of all, you're still your own person and you can do things without your husband or wife. For the first few months, Stephen and I got in this routine of, okay, you know, winding down after work, maybe like, you know, working out or going for a walk and then dinner and then a movie or a show every single night. And while it was really fun and it's great when we just wanted to chill, it kind of got to this point where if he or I wanted to do something different, it felt uncomfortable to ask that. Like we were betraying the other person by wanting to go read in the other room or hang out with friends. I know it sounds silly, but it's important to keep the things that gave you comfort or happiness before your wedding in your life. Make sure that your spouse knows, hey, once a week, I'd love a night to myself to read or draw or hang out with friends or whatever that might be for you. The second little piece of advice I have um, is something you've heard people say a million times, and I'm going to say it again, but with a caveat. Communication is key. My caveat, not in the middle of a fight. (laughs) Let me explain this. Okay. Stephen and I are very in tune with how one another's tone or delivery might make us feel. AKA, we are really great at calling each other out and telling them that they're not communicating the best way. So while it's great to be able to articulate, you know, how we would like the other person to communicate, there's a time and place for that conversation. Let me give you an example. 
let's just say that Stephen and I are arguing, totally hypothetically, about doing the dishes. I ask Stephen, hey, could you come put your dishes in the dishwasher? He replies, yes, I just need to finish this video game and then I will. I respond, Stephen, you always say that and you don't even pause the game to look at me and have a conversation with me. It's so frustrating. Okay, pause. So now our conversation has shifted from an easy request to what will turn into an argument. He pauses the game, the argument gets heated, we both get our feelings hurt, and it's just all downhill from there. So I think the better solution here would be for me to say, thank you, (laughs) because he did say he would complete the task I asked him to do. And then at another time, maybe later that evening, when I did have his attention and when I was not heated, I could calmly say, hey, I just wanted to mention this to you because it's been on my mind. When I ask you to do a chore or talk to you and you're playing a game, would you mind pausing the game and just looking at me? It lets me know that you're paying attention and you care for me. Pretty much every time, he will gladly agree to whatever I'm saying. And that's that end of conversation. He's learned how to communicate and love me better. And I've got something off my chest in a respectful, patient way. So, yeah, I've had a few people who've reached out, especially after our relationship episode this season, and ask, how do you communicate, or what have you learned in communicating with your husband? This is just one small thing that we've learned that has definitely helped diffuse a lot of our tips. So when you're in that moment of conversation with your significant other and they responded in a way that did not sit right with you, that may not be the right moment to criticize or analyze the way that they're responding to you. You have to wait. You have to be aware and stop in that moment and be slow to respond. And then at another time, you can kindly approach them about it in a way that's not accusatory. This will take time. (laughs) The trick is to be able to control that reaction in the first place. So good luck with that. It's hard. You got it. Okay, let's talk personal growth next. So again, All of this that I'm talking about is totally my experience and things that I've been learning in my own life. And so you might not resonate with everything, but maybe there's something in here that um, will help you in the future or um, it's just something you can consider that other people might be experiencing. So the biggest thing that I've learned in regards to my personal growth is that it most likely will not be a fast process. Thanks to my therapist and to being an Enneagram 6, I'm a pretty self-aware person, at least for the past couple of years. I have a lot of emotional and mental goals for myself. But because I have those clear goals set, it can be really easy for me to spot when I'm falling short of those goals. I often get in a place in my mind where I want to just have all these goals met so I don't have to fall short anymore. Total fear of failure, right? (laughs) But here's what I've learned. The falling short actually helps me reach my goals. How does falling short help you reach your goals, you ask? Great question. I just started to realize this, and it's tricky to think about it. But here's my experience. So one of the goals that I have is to be emotionally present in every situation when I'm with other people. By failing to relate or being distracted when I'm with other people, I learn in that moment that that's a way my struggle is manifesting itself. I can notice how it's affecting the other person negatively, 
which will eventually motivate me to not be distracted anymore in the future. I'm not always present enough to notice all of that, but with enough self-reflection, I can get there, which kind of leads me to my next point. The only way to function in the in-between stages of growth is to take care of ourselves. In the seasons of uncertainty, doubt, fear, we can find a sense of grounding in acts of self-care. This can look like a lot of different things. It can be breathing exercises, taking a long shower, scheduling rest through your weekly plans, calling a friend and asking them to listen, journaling, prayer, etc. As we take care of ourselves, we're nurturing the parts of us that usually tend to crumble in these seasons, these like in-between uncertain seasons. We see things that we normally wouldn't see, like how our struggles are actually a part of the process of reaching our goals. So it's in that self-care state that I've started to learn about my failure um, being a part of my process. It may not make things less stressful, but there is a sense of comfort knowing that you're doing what you can to be present with yourself during those struggles. Although we might not be able to see the growth or the change for a long time until the season has passed even, we can still take care of ourselves and hold on to hope that we're learning in the meantime. It's helped me at least. I have another quick piece of advice on personal growth from my friend Kaylea. You've heard her on a few of our episodes and um, I just kind of asked a couple of my friends if they had any advice and this is what she had to say. Everyone's personal growth looks different, and there can be a lot of beauty in that. For some, the goal might be to learn how to be more self-aware, something I think we all should be intentional about. And for others, it could look like learning a new skill or figuring out what self-care looks like for them. I think prioritizing this personal growth not only helps us learn more about ourselves, but it also allows others to love us and us to love others better. Oh, I love that from Kaylea. Thank you, Kaya, for the advice. I feel like that kind of clicks into exactly what I was saying too. The more that we're in tune with ourselves, even if that looks like just taking care of ourselves, the more we can express how others can love us and how we can love others in those moments. So I love that. Okay, moving on to our final topic, friendship. I have actually gotten a lot of questions about friendship and the community that I found here um, and how I somehow have all these guests (laughs) to come on my podcast. And um, I just love to tell that story really quick. Um, It all started through my husband who met some guys when he lived up here for a year without me. This was when we were engaged Um, He met the guys, and once I moved here, I basically met those guys' significant others. (laughs) There were a couple birthday parties here and there, and we all know how awkward those parties can be for the new girl. I, like, pushed through, and I forced the small talk. Um, You gotta start somewhere, right? And most of the people went to the same church where we began attending, so that definitely helped me to see them consistently, too. Um, but as I was desperate for new friends, because your girl cannot function without people around her, I invited the girls whose names that I remembered (laughs) over to my house for a wine and cheese night, and it was about eight girls. From there, 
it's all pretty much history. We talked about relationships and work and college, and I knew that these were going to be my people. So I cultivated those friendships just by asking to get coffee one-on-one with some of them. And honestly, we just had a lot of uh, wine nights at my apartment. Um, After about a year, I could confirm that these girls and their guys were my people. We were chatting at one of our wine nights and I randomly threw out the idea that a podcast would be fun and immediately had overwhelming support. I was kind of shocked by how serious they all were (laughs) taking the whole situation, but it honestly pushed me to make things happen. So here we are. That's why it's the uncommon room because we met in a common room and started having these conversations in a living room on the floor um, drinking wine and eating cheese. So it's inspired pretty much everything with this podcast. So I'm really thankful for my community here. Um, I will say though, that it takes a lot of work to keep up these friendships and we can talk more about that in a minute. Recently, I've noticed that I've put a lot of pressure on my friendships to all look a certain way. For example, if I feel very comfortable being vulnerable with one of my friends and not necessarily with another, I start to tell myself that the friend that I can't open up to as much is not as close to me and I need to work harder. I've actually seen, though, that regardless of what I may or may not get from the friendships, I care enough about the person to keep up the relationship. Each of my friends has something different to offer. I don't want this to sound selfish, like I'm taking what they're offering, but rather, I want you to hear that no matter where a friendship is found, it has the potential to be a rich, wholesome relationship that grows into something beautiful. I'm really thankful for the community of friends around me, but it takes a lot of work, okay? (laughs) Um, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself here, I don't know, but it is important to invest in the relationships that matter most to you. To have that rich relationship that I was referring to, you have to bear each other's burdens and you have to encourage each other along the way. You have to be present and you have to be willing to be there for each other in times of need. So that can be kind of tricky with multiple people. It's hard, but I hope that I don't have to convince you that it's worth it in the end to have friendships where you truly feel connected and loved by one another. I was listening to another podcast and someone had mentioned how thankful you should be to have just one friend, just one person that you can call when you're desperate or upset or hurting. Just to have one is something to be grateful for. And so I think that kind of helped me come back down to reality when I was comparing my friendships. Another quick piece of advice from another one of my best girlies, Avery, who's also been on the podcast. She says for friendships, be patient and show grace to yourself. It's okay for you to take time for yourself sometimes and just say no to social outings. You don't even have to really give a reason. Just check in with yourself and ask yourself if you are not wanting to go because you truly need time to rest. Or is it because you're in a darker place, in a shell, you feel like pushing people away and you don't feel like socializing? Sometimes, in that case, it may be best to go and spend time with people, although it may not feel right in that moment. Your friends are there to help you while you're in those dark places, so just try to think through it within yourself. I love that advice from Avery. I think that makes so much sense, and she and I had that conversation when 
kind of when I had, was in the thick of um, creating all of these friendships here in Durham, um, you know, I just felt like I constantly had to be reaching out to people and asking people to, you know, come over to my apartment and hosting people. And then whenever someone else would ask me to hang out, I'd be so drained and I wouldn't want to go. I would want to because I'm social, but deep down I knew that I didn't have the energy and, but I also made myself feel really guilty if I didn't go. So I think this advice from Avery is really important to remember to just check in with yourself. Why should I go? Why would it be better for me not to go? And just kind of consider those things before, you know, responding and saying yes. Love that. And if you have friends who love you enough and genuinely care about you, they're not going to be upset with you if you say no. And they're going to totally respect your space and the fact that you need to take care of yourself in that way. Well, friends, listeners, that's all I have for you today. It it was a mini-sode. It was rapid fire. It was all the advice I got under my belt. So that's it. That's a wrap. It feels so surreal wrapping up this episode um, and this whole season. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude right now. Again, thank you so much for listening. Looking forward, season two is going to be big people, like lots of really good conversations already in the works. So I'm just really excited about it. But in pure transparency with y'all, I would love for this podcast to reach more people. There are two really big ways that you can help us with that. First, you can follow us on Instagram at Uncommon Room Pod, Uncommon Room P-O-D, and share our stories with others who may be interested in listening to our podcast. The second thing that helps us become more visible on podcast platforms is if you leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app. You can rate us too with the five stars, please, (laughs) but ultimately people read the reviews and that's how our podcast gets bumped up. So if you could write one or two sentences on our show and how you feel about it, it'll take less than three minutes and we would love you for it. Okay, the moment you've all been waiting for, here is a preview of our season two trailer coming in hot and I will talk to you in season two. See ya. Welcome to the Uncommon Room Podcast Season 2. On our podcast, you'll hear a lot of people who have many different experiences pull up a seat and join a conversation with me, your host, Jesse. Our goal is to have conversations that challenge us and open our minds to new perspectives and ideas. We strive to be vulnerable in each conversation in order to give you the most relatable content that you can get. Thanks for listening and inviting us into your space today. Before you go, I wanted to tell you the three best and easiest ways to show our podcast some love. First, you can follow us on Instagram at Uncommon Room Pod. That's Uncommon Room P-O-D. We would love nothing more than for you to slide into our DMs and let us know suggestions for topics or recommendations on how to make our podcast better. The second way is to share any episode with family or friends who would be encouraged to hear our conversation. Maybe one of the episodes can even be a catalyst to a conversation that's been too difficult to bring up out of nowhere. 
Finally, we'd love for you to rate us on the Apple Podcast app and give us five stars if you think we're worth it. Thanks again for listening today. We hope that there was something in this episode that you can take with you, and we challenge you to continue the conversation with others. Talk to you soon.